Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. We're talking about relationships today, okay? Uh, I want to talk to you about thriving in life-giving relationships. How many of you know not all relationships are life-giving, right? Some of them are life-giving and some of them are very draining, right? You have some of those in your life? I have a girl that tends to call me and when that name comes up on my screen, it's not Tara, but anyway... um, When the name comes up on screen, I'm just I start quoting scripture. This is the scripture I quote. Even so, come now quickly, Lord Jesus, because my thought is if Jesus would just take me before I have to answer this phone call, things would be a lot better. Right. You have some of those in your life. OK. And she doesn't go to church here. So don't y'all worry about that. All right. So <laughs> um, some are life giving and some are draining. So I want to talk to us today about thriving and life giving relationships because relationships are very, very important, right? And I think that if we could sum up the heart of God, the heart of God in one word, I believe it would be relationship or community. I know God is love and there are other things that we could talk about, but I think love is also there in healthy relationships. So I think it's, it's relationship or community. And here's what you need to know. God is community. God is community. God actually exists in community. He doesn't just tell us to be in community. He exists in community as well. We're Trinitarians here. That means we believe in God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? The Godhead. And God works in cooperation with the Son and the Holy Spirit as He exists in community. And He wants us to do the same thing. God is all about relationships and he wants us to not only walk in relationships, but thrive in healthy relationships. Let me show you a little biblical law that God established back in the first chapter of the Bible. Genesis chapter one, verses 11 and 12. And God said, this is at the time of creation. And God said that the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. Each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds. And trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. Each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. At least ten times we see, we see God establish this law that every seed would reproduce after its own kind. And then at least 10 times in Scripture, we see this law get repeated. So God established a law that when you plant tomatoes, you don't get oranges. Right? That's not because you're a good, farm, a good gardener. That's because God established a law. Right? And so that law was, was uh, established. In the New Testament, as you sow, so shall you also reap, right? What you sow will reproduce something in your life. So uh, I tell people sometimes that are dealing with depression. Hey, if you want not a fix, but not the ultimate fix. But if you want a little a little something to help you in maybe your stress or your depression or 
bake some cookies. Bake some cookies and, and, and go to the nursing home where some people never get people visiting them. And just go hand out. Stop by the office first on your way to the nursing home. It just makes sense. <clears throat> and because some people never visit us. Well, they do. OK, but we like cookies. So anyway, so you go to the, just share something with someone that cost you almost nothing. So joy. And you, the Bible says you're going to reap joy. Right. All right. So that's a law that God established. Everything reproduces after its own kind. So if that is true for us, it's true for God. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So if God, because God is community, he creates community because God is relationship. He created us for relationships. Now, here's a little side note for you. We reproduce who we are, not who we want to be. Right. We reproduce who we are, not who we want to be. So sometimes when something's not right in a relationship in your life, sometimes you're just producing something in, 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 that is in you that you don't like. So we got to take inventory of our lives. So at the time of creation, after everything God created, he said it is good. Right. After every day of creation, and you've heard this at weddings. God said it is good until God created Adam. God created man, Adam, who was sinless and pure. And for the first time in recorded history, God said it is not good. Ladies, I know some of you have said the same thing and you think you're being godly, but you're not. Anyway, so God looked at Adam and said, this isn't good. God was in community, but Adam wasn't. Adam was all by himself. In Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. And let me just remind you, it's still not good for us to be alone. Right? In order to provide community for Adam, God created Eve. God's supreme achievement was not the creation of one man, but rather a community for that man to thrive in. God lives in community and he created us to do The same. They are uh, doing studies now, studies that will literally go on for years of the effects of the isolation that came as a result of covid. And they're seeing what the, the price of the isolation that we went through as a nation, that there are people who didn't deal with these things pre covid, but now post covid. They're dealing with depression. They're dealing with anxiety. They're dealing with continued isolation. Think about it. I mean, as a nation, everything we do together was stripped from us. Sporting events taken away. Movies taken away. Church taken away. Everything we do. And now they're studying the effects of that. Because listen, when God created us to operate in community, he knew it was for our benefit. And he knew that what he what it produced in us would be good. And when you take that away, what it produces is not good. We can't undo covid, but we must reconnect with healthy relationships. Now, there are two types of relationships. And most of you know this. 
There are two types of relationships. There's a vertical relationship between us and God. And then there's horizontal relationships with one another. A healthy vertical relationship with God is meant to help us in our horizontal relationships with each other. Listen, when I'm healthiest with God, I am healthier with others. I'm just thinking about that. I didn't share this in first service, but some time ago, um, when I would get up in the morning, I'd get up before Tara and the girls and I would read my Bible. I would pray and then I would answer emails and then Tara and the girls would would wake up. And and uh, one day she came out and she said, can we talk? I said, well, sure, you're my wife. I have to talk to you. And I don't mean I have, you know. She goes, I never see you praying and reading your Bible anymore. Now, what I wanted to say was, if you get up out of bed, right? But I did. I'm smarter than that. I'm much smarter than that. So what I did was I just made a flip and I started answering emails. Then I read my Bible and then I pray because let me tell you what she was saying to me. She wasn't trying to critique my relationship with God. What she was saying was this. I know when you're good with God, you're better with me. I know when you're good with God, you're a better husband and a better father. And let me just tell you, when we're in, when our vertical relationship is healthy, our our, our horizontal relationships tend to be healthier as well. Listen to Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Let me just stop there. When you think about your life and you think the fact, listen, the last place some of you should be today is in church on a Sunday morning. Go back to your high school days. The last place people thought you would end up is in church. Right. And when we think about our lives and we think about the fact that Christ poured out his grace on us and gave us his salvation, it should blow us away. Have you ever walked into a church and you saw somebody that you knew from years ago and you were like, holy moly, what are they doing here? And they're probably saying the exact same thing about you, right? That's the grace of God. And for by the grace of God, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So just remember, God poured out grace to us. So that we could pour out grace to others. Listen to this next verse or this next passage. John chapter 1 verses 14, 16 and 17. And the word became flesh and dealt among us. That's Jesus. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. Everybody say grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He's saying in the Old Testament, everything was about the law, right? God gave Moses what we call the Mosaic law and everything was ruled by the law. But now all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and grace and truth come into play. Grace and truth. God has grace for us based on the truth of where we are. God's grace has been poured out upon us. But it's not just grace. It's grace and truth. Because listen, the the grace is this, that 
If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? 1 John 1, 9. The truth is that God wants us not only to find forgiveness, but also to find change so we can be in a healthier relationship with him. So then we can also be in a healthy relationship with others. Does that make sense? So God has grace for us based on where we are. But the truth of God's word should spur us on to be more Christ-like, right? Less of ourselves and more like Christ. Let me just remind you today that God's love and grace for us isn't a pampering love. It's a perfecting love. You know how it is. You go to your grandma's house, no matter what you did, she, oh, shit, it's all good. I robbed the bank. Oh, it's all right. It's all good. Give that money to the poor. Right. Right. Well, that's your, that's your grandma. God's not your grandma. God, his love isn't a pampering love. It's a perfecting love. He pours out his grace and his love on us so that we could be more like him and less like ourselves. He's taking us somewhere. So truth. Let's talk about truth and grace in a relationship. Grace and truth in a relationship. So truth in a relationship brings healthy structure where grace brings the safety we need to get better. Let me say it this way. Grace says, I'm for you no matter what. Truth says, I need us to be honest about where we are and what's going on. Right? It's not just all about grace. Because if you just keep giving grace and forgiving over and over and over again, but don't address the issue with truth, well, you're solving nothing. And you're creating your own trouble. Does that make sense? So grace says, I'm with you no matter what. But truth says, we need to be honest about what's really going on. Our faith should produce healthy decisions. And our faith should produce healthy responses to the truth that's in our lives. So let's talk about some keys. Keys to life-giving relationships. All right, you ready? Let me give you a few, few keys. Number one. Your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. Your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. Healthy people have a better chance of creating healthy relationships. So guess what we should do? Work on us. Because let me just tell you, let's be honest. There are times when we all think if my wife would change, man, we'd be better. Right? If my husband would change, if my boss, if my friend, if my neighbor, if my mom. Let me just tell you. Healthy people have a better chance of creating healthy relationships. So the best place to start is to work on yourself. Begin to work on you. Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great. Uh, maybe it's a book some of you have written, uh, read. Um, talks about the principle of the mirror and the window. And what he talks about is this, is that when things are good, we tend to look in the mirror and celebrate ourselves and then look out the window at other people as if they're the issue. When things are bad, we look out the window as if they're the issue and then we look at ourselves as if we're the solution. Does that make sense? The easier way to say it is this. We either accept responsibility or we project responsibility. It's much easier to project responsibility on someone else because then you don't have to do anything. But when you project responsibility, what you're saying is, I don't need to change. And can I just tell you, that's almost never the truth. In every marriage, when it gets to a broken place, 
It's not her. It's not him. It's them. Right. I mean, that's true. There may be some different degrees, but we both got here together in relationships. It's the same thing because healthy people tend to make healthy relationships. Unhealthy people tend to produce unhealthy things. It's why as a church, we offer freedom. If you haven't been through freedom, I'm telling you, you need to go through freedom. It is dealing with some things for your pa- from your past so that you can have a healthier future. It's not the fix all, but I promise you, it is the start to something good. Because if you want healthy relationships, guess what? Don't spend your time blaming the other person. Spend your time getting healthy. Spend your time working on you. Third John chapter one, verse two says this. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health. Listen to this. As it goes well with your soul. What he's saying is this. As you're you're good in your soul, then you'll prosper in other areas of your life. You know what he's saying? Your soul. Our soul is our mind, our will and our emotions. Right. Or. Our thoughts, our decisions, and our affections. Contemplate your thought life. Think about the decisions that you make. Are they healthy? Are they unhealthy? Do they produce something good or produce something negative? And think think about your affections. Think about what you're most affectionate about. What you spend your time dreaming about. Listen, the Bible says work on these areas so that you can be healthy within your soul. So that you can be healthy in other areas of your life. Am I making sense? God's desire for us is that we will be healthy in our souls so that we can reproduce that in other people. You want to know why I want to be healthy? I want to be healthy because I want my kids to be healthy. I want my kids to grow up in a home where they see something healthy, where they see something that's not only good, but something that they want to reproduce. When Tara and I are healthy, My kids are healthier. When Tara and I are good, when I'm good and Tara's good, our kids are better off. Right. Because it's something that we're reproducing and handing down. So healthy people have a better chance of producing healthy relationships. And with that said, work on you. Okay, for all the single people here, I got a thought for you. It's really not mine. It's Andy Stanley's thought, but it's a great, great thought. Don't spend your time looking for the right person. Spend your time becoming the right person. I should have said it was mine. (laughs) I shouldn't have given Andy Stanley doesn't need credit. Listen, don't spend your time looking for the right person. Spend your time becoming the right person so that when God brings that person into your life, you're ready. Right. Listen, financially work on getting out of debt. In your relationships, work on having healthy relationships in uh, different areas of your life. Work on being a better you so that you can be that for someone else when God brings that person in your life. Does that make sense? All right. Second thing. So first key is your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. Second thing is relationship with others. Relationships with others are meant to complement us, not to complete us. 1996. Some of you old people will remember Jerry Maguire. Y'all remember Jerry Maguire? Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger. 
Right. So so it is their first year marriage. Things are not going good. Some of you could say, yeah, that was our first year marriage. Right. And he leaves and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do. But then he has this epiphany and he's like, I got to go home. And don't remember this scene. He, go, he walks into the house and she Renee's there with all of her buddies and they're meeting. And he interrupts the meeting. and He goes to this whole thing about how much he loves her and needs her. And then he goes, you complete me. Gross. <laughs> Y'all remember that? And I was in the theater and all the ladies went, oh, please. I could have said that. And then she goes, you had me at hello. Right? Listen, that's nice and romantic, but it's not necessarily healthy. You complete me. Do not expect others to be for you who only God can be for you. Do not expect God to, to others to do for you what only God can do in you. When you put an unhealthy expectation or a demand on someone that they're responsible for your completeness or your fulfillment, you're typically setting them up for failure. That's God's role. That when we walk in a healthy, horizontal, or, yeah, vertical uh, relationship with God, that's where our fulfillment comes through, comes from. And then we then we're healthier for the relationships around us. Listen to Second Peter, chapter one, verses three and four. It says his divine power. This is about being complete. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Right. Not through some relationship with somebody else, not through your marriage, not through your kids. Because let's be honest, sometimes parents put an unhealthy expectation on their kids that their kids are going to be their answer. Listen, your kids will never be your answer. That's just truth. God never intended them to be your answer or your happiness or your joy. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So that through you so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature of God or be complete and find fulfillment. Number three, healthy relationships require forgiveness. You need to understand That every relationship is a risk. When I do premarital counseling, I do a lot of premarital counseling. I always tell them this is a risk. Y'all committing your life to each other is a risk. Because in order to have a healthy relationship, whether it's in marriage or friendship, you've got to be vulnerable. You cannot have a healthy relationship without vulnerability. And anytime you make yourself vulnerable, you're taking a risk. So. You need to know when you go into a relationship, typically they're going to offend you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to upset you, whatever. And forgiveness uh, is required in healthy relationships. Let me just talk to you about forgiveness for a few minutes. Number one, forgiveness is at the core of our faith. The willingness to forgive is really the most basic Christian quality. Most of us grew up praying to our father, sometimes on a daily basis. 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The willingness to forgive is the most basic Christian quality. We've been invited into a relationship with Christ that is marked by love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And we've been commanded to extend that to others. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Listen, be kind and compassionate to one another Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. God is telling us don't lose sight of what I've done for you. And then in return, do that for others. And forgiveness, let's be honest, it isn't natural for us. When someone hurts us, we want to hurt them back, right? Oh, just me? <laughs> we want to give them what we think they deserve. But if we really understand the relationship with Christ that we've been invited into, if we really understand the significance of the cross that Christ hung upon, if we really understood what we deserve in light of what we've been given, then this should transform how we do relationships. We must live a life of just as forgiveness. Yeah, they hurt me, but just as Christ forgave me, I'm going to forgive them. They don't deserve it, but just as Christ gave me what I don't deserve, I'm going to choose to forgive them. Because let me just remind you, they may not, re- may not deserve your forgiveness, but none of us deserve Christ's forgiveness. None of us deserve for Christ to hang on a cross and think about you and I as he paid the price for our Sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. About four years ago, three or four years ago, I had a friend who had been friends literally. He was one of my absolute top two or three best friends for the last 35 years. And I made some decisions that he didn't like and he didn't agree with. And, and I remember the conversation when I called to tell him. And I remember the things he said. Things that should have never been spoken. He attacked my character. He attacked the people in my life who were walking me through the, the decision. And it was ugly. I literally hung up the phone that day. And I told Tara this, I will never speak to him again. It's 35 years. I will never speak to him again. And then Tara said, David, why don't you call so-and-so and and process it with them? That was my first mistake, (laughs) right? And I called this guy who was a mutual friend of all, all mutual friends. And I remember what he said to me. He asked me this question. He said, David, how many 35-year relationships do you have, friendships that are that close? And I said, I I only have one. He said, David, I've I've watched your relationship with him. And there were plenty of times if I were him, I'd have walked away from you. He said, he started naming some things. I'm like, okay, we don't have to start naming stuff. Like, really? He's like, David, do you remember that time you 
Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> you remember? And he said this to, to me. He said, and David, none of all of that matters. What matters is you got to make this right because you can't go on with God if you refuse to go on with him. Because it is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The Bible is very clear. When you refuse to forgive others, you rob yourself of the forgiveness from God. And I did what was right. And literally, I'm so thankful that I allow God to redeem that relationship that is still today my absolute, one of my absolute closest relationships. Listen, can I just tell you, the enemy wants to rob you of closeness. He wants to rob you of community. He wants to rob you of relationships. Don't let him. Don't let him. Choose to walk in forgiveness. All right, number four. Healthy relationships should make us better. Healthy relationships should make us better. Listen, you know, we all know the statement. Show, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right. You know why? Because the relationships in our lives are taking us somewhere. Isn't it interesting that when we think about our greatest accomplishments, somebody else is there. Think about that. Think about your greatest moments. There's somebody that you connect that moment to. Think about some of your greatest regrets. There's somebody there that you would connect that to. Some of you would tell the story of, I'm so thankful that I met her. I'm telling my life is so much better because I met her or I met him. And then others would tell stories of, I wish I had never met her. My life was changed because of him and not in a good way. Listen, our friends are taking us somewhere. Our relationships are, are taking us somewhere. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else. Remember when we talked about vulnerability? You got to be vulnerable. You got to make your heart vulnerable. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Listen, can I just tell you? There are some relationships you need to repair and there are some relationships that you may need to end. Because having healthy relationships sometimes mean you draw a boundary, right? Because we got to build walls and fences. Walls keep people out. Fences let others in. And sometimes we got to go, you're not healthy for me. This isn't good. I, I got I to draw a boundary. Let me just tell you, your friends are taking you somewhere. I know I've said this before, but I'm going to repeat it because it's worth repeating. And I botched up the verse in the first service. Let's see if I get it right in a second. Psalm chapter one, verse one says this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or sit in the or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the mocker. Do he's saying? Be careful who you run with. Be careful who you want run with. Listen, I have friends that aren't believers at, 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 like I am. They're maybe a different place in their faith or of a different faith. I've got friends that I'll go to lunch with. I'll go to a game with whatever. But that's not who I'm going to when I need wisdom and counsel. You know why? 
because they don't know the will of God for my marriage when things aren't good at home. No, it, it's when I call Pastor Scott and tell him how bad Tara's acting. And he goes, and he goes, what God has joined together, let no one separate us. I'm going to call somebody else, right? I need, I need a second opinion. Right? We know the friends that will tell us what we want to hear and the people who will tell us what we need to hear. Listen, be very careful who you do life with, who you run with, who you go to for wisdom and counsel, because the Bible says, guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. About to wrap up. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir one by relationships, healthy relationships, our part in healthy relationships. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, how to motivate one another, how to challenge one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I recently talked to somebody and and he said this, he said, man, I just missed church three or four weeks and Pastor Scott was calling to check on me. But he was like offended, right? I I talked to him and he was all good. And can I tell you why we call and check on each other? Can I tell you why if you go one of the men's Bible studies, we have men's Bible studies almost every day of the week. You know why when you don't show up, somebody's calling you? Not because they need another person in a seat. But here's what we know. People drift from their community of faith before they drift away from faith. Right? When you don't show up, the reason we want to check on you isn't because we need you to fill a seat. It's because we know that once you get away from spiritual family, sometimes you go get away from the Father. Because people drift from their community of faith before they drift away from faith. People lose faith when they lose contact with people of faith. God wants us connected because God wants us benefiting from one another. Right? There are times when I, when I talk to some of you, when you challenge me, you're like, you're so excited about your faith and I walk away going, I want to be more like that. But you know why? I'm that, because proximity matters. Because when I'm around you, I'm better. When you're around healthy people, you're better. When you're around godly people, you're better. When you're in this, when you're in a spiritual family, you're better. And let me tell you why else. Because when we see God's faithfulness in someone else's life, it's easier to trust him with our own. When I'm struggling maybe with my finances or my kids or my marriage or, and, I, and I can sit down with somebody else who's doing amazing and God's doing great things there, it challenges me to be better. Your relationships are taking you somewhere. You got to make sure that where it's taking you lines up with where God wants you to be. So let me just say this as we wrap up. We 
when you connect with God and you connect with his word, you have a better chance of being healthy and producing something healthy in your relationships. But it starts with a healthy relationship with God. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're about to wrap up. I want to ask you this question. You're here today. And I just want to answer, ask you this question. Are you in a healthy relationship with God? Have you committed your life to Christ? Asking him to be your Lord and Savior and then wa- and you're walking in that relationship. Because maybe the relationship you need to spend time dealing with first isn't your marriage, your friends, your family. It's your Savior. It's God the Father. You're here today and you would say, I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm not in a healthy relationship with God. Can I just give you one verse of scripture? The Bible says that today is a day of salvation. You don't have to leave this place without starting a relationship with God. I promise you God loves you and God wants good for you. But you got to take a step. He already took a step towards you on the cross. Now it's time for us to take a step toward him. I'm about to count to three. And when I do, when I say three, if you want me to include you in this salvation prayer, I just want you to lift your hand and put it back down. You ready? One. Listen, don't worry about who's here, what this one thinks or that one thinks. None of that matters today. The only thing that matters is this. God loves you. He is here for you. And he wants a relationship with you. Two. God forbid but one day, one of, we will stand before God to give an account for our lives. And I want to ask this question. If God called for you today, would you be ready to give an account for your life? Maybe the better question is, do you want to be ready? Because if you want to be ready, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13, will be saved. You ready? Three, lift your hand. You want me to pray for you today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands back down. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. I'm asking everyone in this room to repeat it in long, along support of you, in support of you. But I want you to know. I'm just helping you to articulate what God is doing in you. So this isn't a magical prayer. I'm just helping you to invite Christ into your life as Lord and Savior. Can we pray together? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me, so I would not have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven a purpose on earth and a relationship with your father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my father. Jesus is my savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus name. Amen.